Hello, welcome to the 4125, the people of Holy Cross. My name is Pastor Jeffrey. Our family was coming home from vacation the other day, around mealtime, and before heading home, we zipped through a drive-through for dinner. Now, you know the thing. You, you don't want to come home from a long road trip and then immediately have to start thinking about what's for dinner. Now, if you're a parent, I don't know how you order food for your kids, but I don't take orders. I don't take special requests. I just pull up to the speaker and I order everyone a $1 cheeseburger. I get a small bag of fries for everybody. That's it. But my wife, she can order whatever she wants. She has full access to the menu in front of her. So she was looking at the menu and she says, uh, I think I'll get a cheeseburger kids meal. Fine. I turn to the speaker and complete my order by saying, kids meal, cheeseburger, girl toy. My wife is a girl. She wanted a kids meal. I order her a girl toy. But immediately my wife starts saying, no, 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 get the boy toy. Our five-year-old, our youngest is a boy. So I turn to the speaker and I say, cancel the girl toy, change it to a boy toy. Now I'm watching the screen and I see the order change from girl to boy. All right. Window number one, here I come. I get to the window, pay the bill, get the change, and I advance to window number two. This is going so smoothly, which is a rarity for our family in a drive-thru. So when I get to window number two, the young lady working the window has on the thickest eyeliner or eyeshadow that I have ever seen applied to a human face. It was intense. And I immediately start telling myself, stop staring at her, stop staring at her, stop staring at her. But I can't stop staring at her. She reaches out of the window and hands me the toy first, separately. And this is new to me because when, when I was a kid, the toy came inside the box, but, but maybe it's not like that anymore. And so the toy that eyeliner hands me was a My Little Pony plastic mask. And many of you probably remember My Little Pony. My Little Pony, My Little Pony. Now, why do I know the theme song to My Little Pony? I have three daughters. My Little Pony will be right there by your side. Great show. There was Pinkie Pie and Rainbow Dash, Twinkle Sparkle, Applejack, all these different ponies all in one cartoon. Now, the pony mask is actually pretty big. It's probably six inches wide, five inches tall. It's bright, colorful plastic. It looks kind of cool. So I grab the toy and I reach it back toward my five-year-old son. And, and my wife says, no, 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 no. We ordered the boy toy. Right. Boy toy. My fault. So I get eyeliner's attention again and I remind her that I need a boy toy. She takes back the mask and disappears. A minute later, she returns and hands me a toy car. Perfect. A car. 
because you see boys play with cars. And as I'm reaching the car back to my five-year-old son, I quickly catch a glimpse of the toy car. It's from Ralph Breaks the Internet. That movie came out two or three years ago. And I'm asking myself, why do they still have Ralph Breaks the Internet toys in this restaurant? And I look a little closer, and the person driving the toy car is a little plastic Cinderella. You know, Cinderella, the princess with the glass slipper. So I quickly pull the toy away from my five-year-old. I look at eyeliner, and I say, this is a girl toy. Cinderella's driving. And I don't even think she has a driver's license. She can't even dress herself without the aid of small woodland creatures. This girl should not be behind a wheel. But behind me, I hear five-year-old say, Daddy, can I have the car? My 17-year-old cries out, Daddy, can you get me a Cinderella car too? And on top of all that, my 14-year-old daughter wants the My Little Pony mask. I grab the toy car back from eyeliner. I toss it over my shoulder into the back of the van. I've decided that I'm going to let the 5-year-old boy and the 17-year-old girl just wrestle for this thing in the back of the van. Now it's time for eyeliner to hand me the food, which by now is probably cold. We get the kid's meal and one big bag of food, which I assume has everything we've ordered inside. We get halfway home and my wife discovers in the bag, along with the kid's meal, we have five, not seven cheeseburgers, two fish sandwiches, and I use the term fish very loosely, four, not seven french fries, three apple pies, and an ice cream cone melting in the bottom of the bag. Let's get to the show. It was eight or ten years ago that a ministry leader at Holy Cross Lutheran Church walked into my office, Doug Cargus, and he challenged me to consider an international mission trip. And uh, long story short, we ended up in Peru. We flew from Denver to Lima and then from Lima to Pacalpa. And the plane from Lima to Pacalpa, it it held maybe 30 people total in the plane. Our youth group took up most of the plane. And when we landed, we, we went inside maybe the smallest airport that I have ever been in. And we began looking for our luggage, and, and we all started to wonder who's going to pick us up and take us to the boat that we were going to ride on on our way to the ministry site, the place where we were going to do the mission trip. And through the door walks a man who was six feet tall or taller, Peruvian. 
and his name was Pastor Ricardo Hidalgo. Pastor Ricardo stands out in Peru. Uh, most Peruvians are, are are my height, you know, five foot five, five and a half maybe, but not Pastor Ricardo. Pastor Ricardo was a big, strong, tall man, and he stands out. And he walked in, and he saw a group of twenty-five Americans, and he knew that we belonged to him for the next week. And I fell in love with that man. That man is a leader that God used to spread the gospel in Peru. But Tuesday of this week, we learned uh, through Facebook that Pastor Hidalgo died. And Tuesday was a rough day. Tuesday was a, was a gray day for me. But in the last few days, I've begun thinking about Pastor Ricardo's life and my morning has turned to dancing, as scripture would say. I began to think joyfully about Pastor Ricardo's life. And so for that reason, I called my friend Doug Cargus and asked him to share with me his story about the ministry that he remembers from Peru. I hope you enjoy our story. Hello, I am here with my friend Doug Cargus, and the reason I wanted to talk to Doug today is because uh, Doug and I and many people from Holy Cross Lutheran Church uh, heard the news this week that a dear friend of ours from Peru passed away and is now with the Lord. And so I wanted to talk to Doug and uh, listen to his stories about our friend, Pastor Ricardo Hidalgo. Good morning, Doug. Good morning, Jeffrey. So how did you get to know Pastor Hidalgo from the very beginning? Very beginning. So uh, I believe, and maybe you'd have to correct me, but I believe the first time we went to Peru was in 2012. I don't really keep. Right? I don't really keep track of dates. Okay. Well, I'm not good at it either. So uh, I believe it was 2012 when we decided let's take a international missions trip, and of all places, let's go to Peru. And so. We went down there with, uh, I don't know, what, uh, about 40? I think a group of 20, no, 25, I believe it was, not that many. It was a total group of 40 on the boat that year, but uh, 25 was from Holy Cross, uh, you and I and a few other adults, and we went down to to Peru, right, and um, met Pastor Ricardo and uh, to, to go down there and to support him in his mission, on the Ukiali River in in Peru, and um, uh, that's when we that was our first encounter with uh, Pastor Ricardo. I remember when you came into my office and said, "All right, Mines, I think it's time we step out of the box and try something a little bit more challenging. Let's do an international mission trip." I thought you were nuts, but I'm telling you, I I can't thank you for challenging us to do that because our that ministry to Peru has really become a part of our culture and fabric at Holy Cross. Uh, so can you describe briefly for our listeners what type of ministry Pastor Hidalgo was involved in in Peru? Yes. Um, so it's called Oralidad um, is the name 
of his ministry. And what that means is, is he brings, he, he, he goes out on the Okeali River. He identifies someone in a village along the river uh, as someone that would be a minister to the village. He then brings them back into uh, Pucallpa and a few other places where they have schools, and they teach them the Bible uh, orally, basically, and mainly because many of them don't necessarily read. Some, some, some do, uh, some don't, and they learn the Bible orally from beginning to end. They can tell you every verse and every story and uh, it's amazing. It, it just always amazes me that they can orally recite the Bible. They and, they teach the Bible by teaching stories and how to tell stories. Yeah, really, um, that is the big thing, right, is, is to how to use the stories and relate the stories to just everyday life. And um, and they know them inside and out, and um, and that's a three-year process. So that's the main part of his mission is bringing someone from a village, and and oftentimes it's more than just one, but initially one, and then maybe two or three or four, and bring them in and put them in school essentially, and, and teach them the Bible. And that process takes approximately three years from beginning to end, and that's of course providing that everything goes properly and everything goes as, as planned, I guess I should say, but they, uh, it'll be about three years of coming in and out of, uh, from their village. They have to, they have to have a boat ride. They have to have a transportation, which of course is usually by boat, um, because they're off the river. And so they have to come and go back and forth many times throughout the years, um, and, and learn. And they're in the school for extended periods of time. So they live at the school, they learn, they go back to their village, they go, and this process goes back and forth for three, four, sometimes five or six years even, depending on how their life is going. How did it strike you on Tuesday morning when you received the word that Pastor Hidalgo had passed away? Um, it struck me as uh, super sad. I was, I, was, I was really bummed out at the time. Um, and still, I still, uh, you know, still am, I guess, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, it was hard. It was just unexpected, right? I go, I guess usually we don't expect, uh, some news like that or something like that's going to happen. Um, you know, and, and everyone dealing with the pandemic these days and coronavirus and, and of course that's what actually got him in down in Peru and South America, um, uh, the, the pandemic is actually pretty bad, I guess, uh, hearing some, from some friends and people that I've met down there now that the, uh, coronavirus is really bad down in South America. And ultimately it was what got him. But what, what got me was just the, the surprise that, uh, and, and I guess probably thinking, Oh man, I wonder how does the mission now continue? was probably my, my big question. And of course, thinking of the family and everyone else that I've met down there. Um, but <laughs> of course, then also going to my own selfish uh, thoughts of, wow, what do we do now as far as continuing to go to Peru? 
You know, that, that, those were the same questions that I had, too. Like, how does the ministry continue? And you and I believe that God will continue to do amazing work there on the river. And, and I know your and my prayer is that God would continue to use us at Holy Cross to be a part of that ministry and support that ministry and keep going. That ministry was not about Pastor Hidalgo. It's about Jesus Christ and, and the proclamation of the word of Jesus to the Shabibo people. Um, I, <laughs> I, I wanted to ask you if, if Ada would have enjoyed being a part of this podcast. And, and I think you and I both know that she would have said, <laughs> no, well, let's leave that up to Doug. But, not, yeah. <laughs> but, but, but you and I both know that Pastor Ricardo and Ada were close. How yes. can, can you describe the relationship that they had? Um, well, I think I think it came from the fact that she, you know, fluently speaks Spanish, and it it became a really good opportunity for for he and I both to have better conversations. Um, because of course his English was was okay, um, but he was always afraid to kind of use it. He he never felt really confident with it. And of course, I'm the same with Spanish. My Spanish is horrible. And I have no confidence in it. And so we uh, had many, many conversations where we, <laughs> we kind of faked our way through it. And we eventually figured out what each other was trying to say if we didn't have a translator around. So when Ada was around and was, it was able to be there and we could sit down and just have a really in-depth conversation. And then, of course, we had gone – we had taken so many trips down there. There's been a few different times where we stayed in their home with Ricardo and Gloria – and so Gloria and Ada, of course, developed a really close relationship also. Um, and, and, and again, just really that, that the ability to, to conversate because of her, her fluent Spanish was, uh, was just, uh, that's what really helped with that relationship, I think. I think of the hours of conversation that Ada had with uh, Ricardo and Gloria and and how close that must have brought them together. So where do we go from here? What are your hopes where Holy Cross and uh, the ministry in Peru go? What do you hope happens now? I guess I think the answer is fairly simple. I think it's I hope that nothing really changes. Um, Obviously, there's a change with with Ricardo not being there. But I don't believe and like you just said a few minutes ago that it wasn't about Ricardo. And of course, he never wanted it to be about him either. And it is about, you know, just that ability to bring in. He he just so passionate about bringing those guys and girls in to learn and, and for him to be able to teach them um, the Bible and to help them then turn around and go back out. And so if we, if the, if nothing changed, if we could just go back down to Peru, like we do continue supporting them like we do and, and watch the way that just continues, which is really what I, 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 I think you're right. I expect that nothing will really change other than, We'll say, huh, I, I miss Ricardo, but everything else will be the same. So for our listeners, I want you to understand the vision that Pastor Ricardo had 
uh, we've said it twice now, the ministry in Peru was not about Pastor Ricardo, it was about Jesus. And Pastor Ricardo believed that his mission was to equip and train other people to tell the, the people in Peru about Jesus with the belief that they would then train and equip other people to tell others about Jesus. Pastor Ricardo had a vision for multiplication like, well, I think like Jesus did it. And I have never seen a vision like that anywhere else in the world, but it was a vision that God gave to Jesus and and gave to Ricardo. Am, Am I describing that correctly, Doug? Yeah, absolutely. Do you remember back in 2012 how amazed we were? Um, And I I know it seems silly because we shouldn't be amazed at what God always does. Um, And we we went to Peru not really knowing what we were going to get into. um, And we got there and to find out what he's doing and how he's doing it and all those things and what that mission was. And it went right along with the Holy Cross mission statement of equipping, training, and sending Yes. Yeah. And and so I always remember like, wow, um, again, why was I shocked that God would do something amazing? Right. But here we were dealing with this guy and his mission of, wow, this is exactly what we think about and try to do and, and want to do always, too. Yeah. So I, like you, I look forward to getting down to Peru again, to keep being used by God, to encourage the people of Peru, to tell the Shabibo people about Jesus and seeing what he's going to do uh, with every word that's spoken. Uh, Ricardo, man, we're going to miss you. We love you, but we cannot wait to see you again, brother. Doug, any final words? Uh, no, <laughs> I think that's, that says it all. We can't wait to see him again. Thanks a lot, Doug, for being our guest today. Thank you. All right. Goodbye, brother. Bye. You heard Doug talk about the different students that Pastor Ricardo trained to become missionaries in their own village. And it was on that first trip eight years ago that I was in our bunk room on our boat and our youth group, the guys, we had our own private room. Uh, There were several bunk beds in that room and our guys filled up that room. Previously, we were at a worship service where Pastor Ricardo rewarded all of the students a set of books. They got a Bible. They got a commentary. They got books helping the students research the Bible it was a stack of five books and and the stack was thick these students they understood english enough that that they would be able to use these resources to help them pastor their villages 
more effectively as they told the stories of Jesus to the Shabibu people. And I'm I'm in the bunk room all by myself. I'm organizing my suitcase and, and I hear the door open. And inside the door walks one of the students. And he's carrying his stack of five books. Now, he's in the wrong room. He's, he's in the youth group's room. He's in the boys' room. He's in the wrong room. But he doesn't realize that right away. He, he's just staring at a stack of books. And he wanders over to a bunk and he sits down on the bunk. It was actually John Box's bunk. And he sits down on the bunk and he's just looking at this stack of books and he starts to cry. I mean, he is weeping. And it's just him and me. And I don't know what to do. I can't talk to him. He doesn't speak English. I don't speak his language, but I just give him some space to just cry it out. And after he composed himself and and gathered his thoughts, I put my hand down on his shoulder, which shocked him. He thought he was in the room by himself. And uh, he he immediately recognized that he was in the wrong room. And he he hopped up, grabbed his books, and and he, he bolted out of the room. Very apologetic. I didn't understand what he was saying, but but I could tell that he was so sorry for accidentally coming into the wrong room. And so I told Pastor Ricardo about that story. And uh, he did a little bit of research. And about an hour later, he came back to me. And through Ada, our translator, he explained to me that uh, that, that pastor, that student, that pastor to his village was so overwhelmed by the fact that he had received for the very first time in his hands a Bible, the Word of God. And not understanding his surroundings, he walked into the wrong room and he sat on a bunk that he thought was his and he just cherished the fact that someone had placed in his hands the word of God. And I got to witness that. Oh, how I wish we would all value and cherish just the written word of God that has been given to you and to me. We can do that. We can do that. We can can grab our scriptures, not just some book off of a shelf, but we can grab our scriptures The word of God, a gift given to you and to me, and we can open that word and we can swim in the deep end of God's word, his love letter to us. Ah. Oh, Pastor Ricardo, we're going to miss you. I cannot wait to see you again, brother. Our prayers go out to Gloria and to Levy and to Allison. You let us know what you need. We'll be here to support you. God's blessings, friends. Goodbye. Hi, Garrett. 
Hi. What do you want to talk about today? Cupcake. Cupcakes. What's your favorite flavor of cupcake? Um, chocolate. Do you like sprinkles or no sprinkles? I like no sprinkles. And do you like cream filling or strawberry filling or raspberry filling? I like. I think I like raspberry. Raspberry. Tell me about your favorite birthday. A great birthday. That I. One part I like to open presents and eat the cake. If you could have one present right now, what present would you want? I want a, a cool set of Paw Patrol. Paw Patrol? What's Paw Patrol? So these dogs, there's this one guy that's named Ryder, and he just chose these rescue dogs. What's your favorite rescue dog? Um, there's this one German Shepherd that's Chase, that's named Chase, and he's and he's blue. A German Shepherd named Chase that's blue. Okay, that's all. Yeah. I love you. I love you too. Goodbye. Goodbye.